Hi, I'm Avital Ash. I'm Jessica Richards. And this is... He's right behind you! Ah! <laughs> in quarantine. Uh, Still. Oh, in, in quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. Gosh, some of this audio is rough, man. Sorry, just like <laughs> when you cut out and I make you repeat yourself because I can't... God forbid we overlap for two seconds and nothing is hearable, audible, whatever. Yes, I'm like, leave this part in so people understand the struggle. Yeah, yeah, I am. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> because it's hard. Yeah, I feel a lot like we're those people on the Today Show, you know, when they're talking and then there's like long pauses in between everyone's audio. Totally. This is what life is going to just turn into. We're just going to get used to it. Yeah. Like and in real life, when we see each other, there'll be like a long delay because we're used to just pausing. I know. Maybe we'll say smarter stuff then. Ooh, I like that idea. Probably not. Probably not. Trump's still president, so. Yeah. Oh, God. The uh, character in this movie reminded me of Donald Trump. Today, we are talking about Train to Busan, which we both just watched. I'll start by saying I loved it. Jessica? I thoughts? loved it. I Yay! loved it. <laughs> we agree. I loved it. I was surprised. At, I So, in quarantine right now, I have just not been, my anxiety is so bad that for whatever reason, it's manifested in that I can't sit down and watch TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, even shows that I'm like really excited about after one episode, I'm like, nope, I got to put on music and walk around. I don't know what's mm-hmm. wrong with me. So the idea of watching a whole movie seemed very daunting. And right away, I was into this. It was great. It was so good. I have some questions. I want to like dive a little deeper and should have done it before this podcast. But you know what? It's There are no rules now. It's renegade times. But I'm so glad we both loved this movie. Look at that. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. And I saw that they are there's plans to make an American version. And I found that to be disappointing because I honestly don't think you need to. This really is like holds up. I didn't have any problems with like, you know, sometimes you watch something. You're like, well, it'll be different if they do it in America. Like we'll change some cultural things. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think you need to. Yeah, I feel like, again, I'm sure I've said this on here before, but remake the bad movies, not the good ones. That's true. Or the yeah. things where, you know, you can really, like, take something and put an American spin on it. Right, right. like, oh, it would be so different if it happened here. Yeah. There is a an animated movie that is supposed to be a prequel to this. So I'm curious how yes, you would feel about that. Station to Soul, mm-hmm. and it came out after this. It did? Yes, it's a prequel, but it came out after this movie. Interesting. It's weird. They're both on IMDb 2016, which is crazy. Yeah, they're the same year because it's just like a, it's just a short animated thing that they put out with it. But it says, I'm double checking here, but I think it's an hour and a half. No? Are you sure it's short? Yeah, Uh, it's an hour and 32 minutes. Oh, interesting. But yeah, IMDb said that it came out after. How do you put out two feature-length movies in one year? That's insane. I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I've yet well, to put out watch that. Ask me when I get closer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, like, let's do a quick overview. Train to Busan is a Korean zombie movie that takes place mostly on a train. Yeah, South Korean. Yes. And there's there is a moment where... I'm like, just watch it. You know, we could go beat by beat. We could try to. But I'm like, people, just watch it. It's such a good movie. Um, oh, it's it's really great, like, action horror um, thriller. It's your basic premise of, like, something has happened and there's something in the air. And all of a sudden, like, people, like, riots start p- breaking out. People start acting weird. And then this this businessman, fund manager, is taking his daughter to Busan to see her mom for her birthday. And they have yes. a strange relationship. Yes. The dad didn't show up. The daughter just had this recital where she sang a song we find out later specifically for him. She learned it for him. And he didn't show. And her grandma shows her father. So the grandmother shows her own son, this girl's father, a video. Which, you know, is not the same. You can't just watch a video and act like you went to a recital. That doesn't count. You know, parents- it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But <laughs> it opens uh, the move before we even meet our main characters. We see. So this is where I'm like sort of confused what the significance of all of this is that there's some sort of a spill, some sort of like there's a leak. Waste. That's why it's back. 
Yeah. And it, some guy is trying to get through some sort of road closure. Basically what it is, it's, it's your pre-title uh, credit kill, which I always love, um, that we see in a lot of horror movies. And that's just kind of setting the tone. But it's a guy, like a farmer is trying to get back to his land and he's getting stopped and it says like quarantine zone. And he has to talk to this guy and he's like, oh, what? Is it like another hoof and mouth thing? Like you're just going to kill my my cattle again? Uh, and he's driving through and he hits a deer and then he gets back in his car. The deer is dead and he starts driving away and then the deer jumps up and springs back to life. Boom. With these to- cool blue eyes. Yes, the whites. Uh, this was like a new thing to me for zombies. I hadn't seen this where the, the whole eye becomes like kind of white marbly. Very pretty. I'm like, it's almost worth it to be a zombie for these cool, clear blue eyes. Oh, interesting. I didn't like it. It reminded me of my dog's cataracts. Oh, interesting. Where everything just gets kind of foggy on the inside. I see. Yeah, I just want like a smaller nose and blue eyes and I think I'd be okay. I would say these eyes, maybe the deer's eyes were more blue, but as the movie goes, humans get white eyes. To me, they still looked blue. Oh, interesting. We see things differently. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are, you know? Are you sad and I'm white? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah, the way that the deer springs back to life, I thought looked really cool and very believable. Like, I figure it had to be digital but it was oh, looked real. I would say that I, I thought the springing back to life was digital. And then when it stands up and we have the close up that it's real. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah, that would make sense. So then we're meeting our main characters. Uh, this dysfunctional relationship. The dad is very concerned about work and business. And he's very selfish. Ooh. Yes. Male yeah. Who, who I will be calling fund manager for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know none of the names. I'm scared to say any of them except for Sue Ann. Yeah, I basically just wrote down like certain things. So I was like, he's the fund manager. He's got his daughter, Sue Ann, and yeah. they're taking the train to see the mom. And it's like, thank God they got on this train because all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. And as they're pulling away, they leave really early in the morning. And as they're pulling away, we see uh, an attack on the platform. But the train is pulling off and we just can't really see what's happening. Mm-hmm. But we do see somebody jumps onto the train sort of last second. Yeah, woman. Yeah. And they do this cool thing where they sort of trick you. They talk about somebody being stuck in a bathroom and they say he. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, did they think it was a man? But then they do show the man. So there's like two sort of stowaways on this train. Yeah. One is like a homeless man. There's an odd man in the bathroom, which is how I also refer to him in the rest of my notes as odd man. <laughs> He's not that odd. He's odd for civilization pre-quarantine, basically. Like, he's a guy who's sitting, he looks homeless, he's sitting in the bathroom, talking to himself, and he's saying, all dead, everyone's dead. So he is a little odd if you don't know what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He's really just ahead of the curve, you know? Once you know what's happening, it seems normal. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, you make sense. You just knew more than we did. You're like, you're coping well. (laughs) Yeah. All things considered, you're doing pretty fantastic. Uh, And then, yeah, the TV we keep seeing on the news, they're referring to it as riots, but it's not riots. It's a fucking zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that is a cool thing. It's almost like, so I don't have any really experience with trains in America because uh, I live in California. So I kept kind of thinking about it like planes, you know, like how on JetBlue you can like watch the news live. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. They have like TVs all throughout the train with like live a live news feed airing the whole ride, which is a really yeah. cool, you know, in a lot of zombie movies, it's like you get glimpses of the outside world. Maybe they turn on the news for a minute, but I thought it was really cool to just have it play throughout so that if a character like noticed it, it wasn't like, okay, well now I decided to turn on the TV. It's like, it's just always there. Right. And they also show some clips of what seems like uploads from people's cell phone footage. And there's one clip in particular where it's like people in a parking lot oh, that's and a helicopter. That's your favorite? The helicopter overhead and things drop. So, okay, here's what I was wondering is like on the one hand, it almost seems like some sort of military thing where they're deliberately dropping zombies onto civilization. Or it, I guess it could have just been like cops or whoever. People are flying away in their cop in their helicopters and the zombies latch on and then finally they 
lose their grips and fall. That's what I thought it was. So it's like the the video is like some guy doing like I would imagine he's about to do some sort of skateboarding trick like for mm-hmm. YouTube or something. And then like a big helicopter flies really close to them above and the camera like looks up and then all these bodies start dropping and they drop on the cars and they jump up and start attacking all the skateboarders. And that was my interpretation was like that's its own separate movie that's further along than ours where there's like some sort of attack happened and they all jumped onto the helicopter and then they're like the helicopter's trying to shake them loose. Yeah. Really cool. It was so cool. I love that. There's also a through line that comes up later that maybe is worth calling out here before they're on the train to Busan. Uh, the trader guy, the dad, um, tells fund his – the fund manager tells his assistant – seemingly to uh this is not my language (laughs) not south korean just money just understanding money and funds but he tells him to like sell a bunch of stock yeah i i thought all that stuff would really like become important i don't know if it is it like ends up that he feels responsible for this in a way but i don't think he is i think it's just like They worked with certain people. They were working with the lab, and the lab ended up being where the outbreak happens. Yeah, I didn't really understand that connection. Later, he's on the phone, and and maybe it's his assistant. Somebody is saying, this is our fault. Yeah, well, he's like, is this our fault? We just did what we were told. But they don't work at the lab, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's not their fault. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't understand. But This is what I want to figure out. I think it's just the idea that he uh, is somehow complicit in this. So he takes on some of the blame and that helps him kind of like get to the what he does at the end of the movie. Well, I think they set it up really nicely. I mean, it's very on the nose, but I don't mind it. Mind it. The character transformation is like so much of this movie. We start with arguably our protagonist is the little girl, Sue Ann, but her dad is selfish and only concerned with himself which is exactly the same as just saying selfish um and by the end of the movie he he he's um willing to sacrifice for others he says to the daughter when she gives up her seat to an old woman at a time like this only watch out for yourself yeah which is a running theme between him there's kind of like almost a christmas carol element to it between him and the old rich guy where it's definitely he can kind of see, like, that's Christmas future. Yeah. Like, he's on his way to be this guy who is maybe the real villain of the movie because the zombies, you're like, they don't know what they're doing. They're just, like, lifeless killing machines or thoughtless, brainless killing machines. But then you have somebody who is an adult man who consistently puts himself first in a way that is... I mean, there was a part of me that, you know, thinking about this podcast, we we usually wrap up with who are you in this movie? Which character do you think is most like yourself? And there was a part of me that was afraid, like, what if I'm this guy? I think I might be this guy who just like, ah, I just got to survive, you know, and survival kicks in and that's it. But I, but I wouldn't be, I don't think I could ever be the kind of ruthless that he is where he, it's, it goes beyond just wanting to survive and it becomes like, throwing people away like they're pennies, like just discarding human life to save himself. Oh, at, at one point, like way towards the end, uh, he sacrifices the train conductor because he's like, well, the train, in my mind, he was like, well, the train's already going, so I don't need you anymore. Right. The train conductor, by the way, who hopped off the train to save him. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, this guy is really just like throwing young teenagers uh, I mean, it's just crazy. But in the beginning, he starts being like, um, we can't stop here. We have to keep going to Busan. So basically, like, this outbreak starts to happen on the train, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really liked, and they use this a lot throughout the movie, the idea of, like, we got to run from one car to the next. And there's zombies in this car, but there's not zombies in this car. Um, also, the idea that the zombies don't know how to use doors. So mm-hmm. as long as you shut the door they won't actually know how to push it open. They just they just keep going, like, through it. They don't yeah. know how to manage it. That was – there was, like, some really cool things that they did with zombies in this that I hadn't seen before. That was one. The fact that – I they- loved – yeah, that they're, like, if they, if they don't see you, they don't chase you. So there's a moment where somebody throws water on one of the glass windows on the train and then just sticks newspaper up against it. 
and yeah, the zombies and don't see them. They calm down. The aggression starts to become more manageable. And, like, they can't see you in the dark. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really cool things that they added to this. But I was like, I, I love the idea of taking a zombie and, like, throwing new rules at it. Yeah, I do too. And especially part of what you, and we talked about this with It Follows, like part of what I don't like about zombies generally is I'm not that scared of something that's like coming at me slowly. But these guys, they're fast. Yeah, there's there's like a debate on this. I, I mean, I go back and forth because uh, it's like, what's scarier, a fast zombie or a slow zombie? And it's like, well, maybe in the moment a fast zombie, but in like the world of movies, usually a slow zombie is scarier because there's more like tension and it builds until you can't escape. Whereas like with fast zombies, it becomes more of like an action movie. Yeah. This definitely does feel like kind of like an action horror movie. Yeah. There's a lot of world war Z elements to these zombies. Um, that's what it kept reminding me a lot of that. So I like, I was like, wait, when did world war Z come out? And that was in 2013. So that definitely came first, especially towards the end. There's a part just watch the movie. We're, we're just jumping into it. So uh, <laughs> there's a part at the end where one zombie grabs onto a moving train and then they all start grabbing onto that zombie and they work like ants to like slow down the train. Yeah, they form like a human carpet almost. That was like – that's like out – that's like right out of the World War uh, Z playbook if you've seen World War Z. I have not. Oh, okay. First of all, you should. Brad Pitt is very handsome in it. Oh, my God. He's so hot. Second, they do some – in that one, slight spoiler, but it's relevant to this conversation. There's, like, a wall that the zombies are trying to get over to get to the people. It's, like, a really, really, really tall wall. And the zombies all start throwing themselves on top of each other, like, just climbing over a mound like ants. So it reminded me that the the imagery a lot. That's cool. They do a lot of surprising and interesting things. Something that I loved here, and it reminded me a little bit of The Mist – is like that idea of I don't I don't know if you could call zombies nature, but sort of right. It's kind of like man versus nature. It's this natural disaster situation, and then there's man versus self, which is you know the dad trying to become a better person, which he does successfully. But the man versus man element I think is the scariest. Is like just the way that people can treat each other and be so selfish. Oh, yeah. oh so there's a moment where they've finally you know all of our heroes have basically gotten through all the trains with the zombies and they're trying to get to the one train where the other the rest of the like healthy living human people are and those healthy human people decide what if everybody else is infected fuck that we're not letting them in it feels very like trump border situation like uh deciding that you know people anybody that's not immediately surrounding us right now is the enemy and so they put together all of their like ties and they try and tie it to the door and form this thing blocking everybody from getting in and that to me was the scariest and like also the I think the most upsetting so another we have a few heroes another set and they do a really good job of introducing a bunch of characters quickly and you know who they are and you get on that one part about where they all lock themselves in I think that there is some underlying logic there that is like not bad which is like okay we understand that these people get bit and then they turn into it so if these people are like four train cars down and they're having to get through four train cars full of zombies to get to us there's no way they're getting here in one piece like that's not a bad uh thought process but then the next thought process is okay well we should just make sure that they don't have any bite marks on them it's not just like let's lock them out cold turkey once That's they've where- made it in, at least. Well, so so they're not in yet. Okay, here's the thing. Yes, I agree. Like, there is – you there there's a, a self-preservation that kicks in. You know, these people aren't trying to be malicious. Basically, the rich businessman guy who owns a railroad <laughs> – railroad? Doesn't he say he's, like, the head of some sort of train thing or something? He said something that I didn't understand. <laughs> he's the COO of some sort of operations for – travel i don't know sorry guys uh he's, but he's he, a businessman that's what i wrote down in my notes yeah and and you can see where he's coming from and he's also fear-mongering so like the people in their train are relatively normal and calm until he starts being like they're gonna come in here and kill us and then everybody else is scared which is understandable everybody's just trying to survive 
But the problem then is when uh, the the people, our people are trying to get in and they're trying to keep them out and there's like a thousand zombies behind them. And it's like, look, at a certain point, we're all going to crash into each other anyway. Like it's better to just open the door, let us in and close the door. And then if you want to fight us, but it's like, you're about to let all the zombies in. I know. They, I don't, I was kind of screaming at the TV at that point, but I'm like, well, they don't know. They don't see the, the hundreds of zombies behind them. I love that they're like, uh, kick them out, kick them into the next train car. And it was like the one further away from the zombies. And I was like, good, I'd want to go there anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It doesn't really make any sense. They like let them pass through to the other side, which I mean, if they're just like listening and like, all right, I guess we'll go to the other train. They're probably not zombies. (laughs) Um, And they're all like lucid, you know, everybody's normal and calm. But well, fine. it's because the fund manager attacks the rich businessman, and then he's like, I see it, it's in his eyes. Right. It reminded me a little bit of, like, um, the Salem Witch Trials of the Crucible, specifically. You know, like, I saw Goody Proctor dancing with the devil or whatever. It just felt so, like, heat off of me and onto him. Uh, but I think we should set up really quick some of our other characters, because there's a huge thing that happens right before they do finally make it into the car, which is we've met... Uh, this sweet guy, this older man, who is my uh, older man, whatever, an adult man. I think he's my favorite character. He is so fucking badass and cool. Oh, and the pregnant guy? The pregnant guy's, the pregnant woman's husband. We meet him because the little girl, Sue Ann, is like waiting to use the bathroom. And he advises her to go use a different bathroom, saying that two people are peeing in this one bathroom, which I thought meant like two people were in there fucking. But then later I was like, yeah, (laughs) good. Glad it wasn't just me. It's like, oh, no, he means his wife is in there peeing for two. Um, And he becomes like sort of her little ally. Uh, And he leads the charge as we're going through this movie. He is just kicking zombie ass. And he's so cool while he's doing it. He's just like got this laid back effortless energy while he's just like smashing through zombies. Well, you get the feeling he's like the working class man. Yeah, totally. He immediately hates our fund manager guy. Well, he hates our fund manager because our fund man, our fund manager closes the door on him and his pregnant wife, leaving them to the zombies for a minute. Yeah. Although I think the, the fund manager guy is not a good guy. But in that moment, I was like, oh, he didn't know. You know, it kind of felt the same as later on with uh, just trying to survive. He didn't know and what then- he was doing. There's also, like, a high school baseball team and, like, a hot cheerleader on board. Yeah, and when we first meet them, I was confused by that. I'm like, is this guy supposed to be gay or what? She basically, all the guys are kind of, like, ogling her, and they're happy that she's on this trip with them. But then she goes and sits next to the one guy who's like, don't sit here. (laughs) I thought he was just, like, an introvert. It was really cute. He had, like, earbuds in, and she's like, what are you listening to? And then she's like, there's nothing on it. And it's, like, him just being like, I want people to think I'm busy. Yeah, I just want to be left alone. Aww, and he's yeah. our, our, like, unsuspecting hero. Yeah, yeah. They do a really good job of sort of setting up these archetypes, but without s- spending too much time on them. Like, just giving you glimpses, and then everything and then comes together. The two older women. Mm-hmm, the little grannies. Although one of them, I thought, looked legit like she was 20 years old with, like, a little granny wig on. Right. Uh, yeah. One is rich, she's the one with the wig, and the rich and, like, stingy, and the other is, like, to some extent, like, poorer and more given. Oh, I didn't register the richer, poorer. Because she said something, like, the one is, like, uh, bringing, like, you know, an egg on, she's eating a hard-boiled egg, and she's like, it's only an hour, like, we'll make it, or whatever. She seems, like, much more sophisticated, and, like, right. I think the difference in, like, the hair also and the wardrobe was... To me, it felt like one was like a rich businessman and the other was like the pregnant man. It's like the the same archetype keeps happening of like yeah. the rich one who is selfish and the poor one who keeps giving. Right, right. Oh, before – so we have one zombie on the train earlier who kind of is attacking people and turning them. But we haven't seen like a full horde of zombies and we don't until they stop early. Basically, the – the train gets told that there's uh, a military there to help them. I'm, I'm just going to say it, and it's not going to be right. And, like, Dejan. Yeah. They, they're stopping somewhere, but the businessman hears that they're going to be quarantined, which I was like, 
so what? Quarantine's not that bad. Like, there are zombies. What do you care about being quarantined? He's reacting I, like that's death. Well, I think it's because the guy he called, so we got, he knows a guy there, and the guy made it sound bad, where he was like, you're, he's like, it's safe, right? And he's like, you're going to be quarantined, which I think meant, like, you're going to be put in a herd full of people, and in that kind of a situation, I don't think it's safe. It's like it's not like, oh, sure, you're just going to be put in, a, in like a hotel room in quarantine. It's like, no, you're going to be put in a herd of people and you're going to be surrounded by guns and it, it's going to be dangerous for a child. Yeah, I guess that's true. That moment felt interesting. Like, hey, we're in quarantine. What up? Totally different quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. This quarantine is like a cakewalk, especially comparatively. Especially because we don't have uh, people who get coronavirus uh, don't start attacking us. Yeah. And we're not forced to be in a horde of people that might have coronavirus. We get to just stay home and keep each other safe. This was like another, there's a lot of like class warfare in this. And this was another example. So the, the rich fund manager calls somebody who says, oh, no, 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 no. You don't want to go through the main station. You're going to get quarantined. You want to come to the east station. So mm-hmm. when they get there, he breaks off. And is like trying to go his own secret route. And the daughter is like, what, why are we going this way? And like the odd man finds him and is like, I heard what's going on. I'm going with you. Mm-hmm. And the daughter's like, we need to tell everybody else. And the dad, the rich fund manager is like, no. Yeah. It's, uh, and then they start going in that direction. What happens? Oh, the so guy calls. This is, this whole part, the like stop it. Once again, I'm going to say it wrong. Dejan. Um, that whole stop was my favorite part of the movie. It was I so loved it. Cool. They get off, they pull into the train station, and they're making this like, you know, it's like end of the line. We're not going to Busan after all. And they pull in and there's nobody there. And they've been told the military is gonna be waiting for them. Nobody there. It's like crickets. Mm-hmm. They like get out, they wander through, there's nobody in the train station. They're walk they're like on these escalators going down and it reminded me so much of like airports where it's just like this one way down mm-hmm. and you see the backs as they're like coming into frame you see the backs of all the military and it's like okay maybe they're holding the line or something and then it's like one zombie you see and then it turns out they're all zombies it was so cool yeah it was so cool you're kind of expecting that they might be zombies or at least I was but it's still really well done and then it's like they're on an escalator going up, but the zombies are coming down. Or maybe it's the other way around. So they're basically- going down because they're leaving the train station. And then the zombies are coming towards them. So they – I mean, this would really freak me out too. It's just that feeling of being trapped of like how do you turn around when you're on an escalator that's moving down and try to run right. up people behind you? I, I love that visual of just trying to run the other way on an escalator. Like you're on an apparatus sending you in one direction and you're like running against it. Um and then people are hopping over it like he puts he he lifts his pregnant wife the one guy and like sets her over on the stairs on the other side so she can run and then he hops over and it's just chaos but in the best way. I mean it's filmed so well like I think sometimes in action movies I check out because it's just such a flurry of activity and I don't necessarily feel like I can follow it. And here it's like really smooth and compelling and and I was like I was along for every moment of that journey. Same. And one of my favorite moments is, so then they're trying to run back to the train, basically, to get away from all of these zombies. And uh, the pregnant guy, I guess we'll just call him the pregnant guy, even though he's not, his wife is. But the pregnant guy, like, swoops in and saves Sue Ann. And then I didn't catch who did it, but a zombie, maybe you did. One of the zombies is, is like, attacking the fund manager, and someone just drops a coat. Odd man. Odd man did it. He dropped his coat. Yeah, well, not his because he still has it, but he dropped he dropped a coat. He just picked a coat off of somebody, I guess. I don't know, but it was definitely maybe he had two coats. <laughs> and it's so perfect because it's like this. It's kind of like the same thing with sticking the newspaper on the windows. It's like just by temporarily sort of blinding this zombie, just literally putting a coat over its head, then the fun guy can escape. Yeah, it's so good. And then he has learned his lesson a little bit now that. A uh, pregnant guy has saved his daughter and shown up for other people and he's like trying to reciprocate a little bit and he gets on the train and then he's trying to help pregnant guy onto the train. But pregnant guy basically is like, I got this, move out of the way <laughs> and well, uses so- a shield. 
that whole part is so good. It was like edge of your seat. I was so into it. They're racing down the train. The rich guy convinces them that they need to start the train, but we don't have all our people on board. And the mm-hmm. train starts pulling away and we get like, you get pockets of people. So it's like the pregnant lady, the kid, and uh, the nice old lady all get stuck together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with odd man. And then Still coming, you have uh, baseball players and pregnant guy and fund manager, and they're running, running, running to the train, and it's moving. And then, like, there's this great part where all the zombies that are on the second floor push through the window, and now they're all like falling on top of the train. It was so cool. And, oh my gosh. And then we get two baseball players get taken out. So it's just the one baseball player left, and they all make it on board. It was so good. It's so good. Uh, so at this point, we're jumping around, we're all over the place, but we did talk about our heroes trying to get to the back the back of the train. I don't know, my geography, yeah. the front of the train. They're trying okay. to get through to where the other living people are who have shunned them, who are like, we're not letting you in here. You well, stay on your side of the border. Okay, basically, but- I loved how they set this up. It was like so such good scripting to like really orient us was it was like, okay, our, our baseball player, pregnant man, and... A fun manager are on train nine. The the kid, pregnant lady, the, that group are stuck in a bathroom in car thirteen. Rest of the people are on car fifteen. Yes, they do a really good job. I mean, I I forgot those numbers as soon as I heard them because numbers to me are might as well be Korean. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they do like really orient you, and they yeah, when they the, finally get oh go because ahead. um. Because the pregnant guy and the fund manager are talking to the group in the bathroom. They've got their cell phones. And then the baseball player is talking to the hot cheerleader who's on car 15. So it's this nice kind of like, um, this is how we know all this. Yeah. It was a great use of cell phones, too. There's a moment where they figure out that zombies respond to sound when it's dark, especially if they can't see. So they use, the fund manager uses pregnant guy's phone leaves one phone or throws one phone in one direction and then calls it so the zombies all chase the phone. That was a cool move that I haven't seen in a zombie movie. Although, I don't watch zombie movies. Uh, and then that led that. My, to, my, to my favorite joke, which might be the only joke of the movie, when later when they're in the bathroom and the oh. fun manager says to pregnant guy uh, that he has a really tacky ringtone. Yeah. And then he just kind of looks over to the young guy, to the young baseball player and goes, do you know how to change that? <laughs> yeah, I love that he just doesn't know how. That's so good. So good. Um, so in all this hullabaloo where they're finally getting everybody, trying to unite all the healthy living people, and the the side that with the, the wealthy COO uh, that has, like, barricaded themselves in, not letting our heroes in, essentially. So now Pregnant Guy is fighting off all of these zombies Basically, single-handedly, a uh, fund manager jumps in and tries to help out a little bit. But in that process, his hand gets bitten. And that, to me, is, like, one of the most infuriating moments. Because it's like if if the COO's car had just opened their door two minutes earlier, he'd still be alive. And that's what he says. That's what fund manager says is we could have all made it. Yeah. And he keeps it's going, so Why? Why? We could have saved them. Why? It's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so upsetting, but it's so good. Oh, but you can see in that moment, there's like kind of a flash of like, of he's right. We could have saved them. We were going to get in anyway. We could have saved those people. And in that moment, that's where the rich old man twists. And he's like, I, you know, you, you can almost see that like political thing of like, I'm going to get blamed for those deaths. So the only way to like, keep moving is to blame all these people and get them out of here so that no one thinks about what just happened right again reminds me a lot of trump it's very like uh you know initially saying there is no virus this is a hoax is being blown out of proportion and then later being like there is a virus and in fact i was calling it that before anybody else was yeah it's just it, it's a thing of ne- you can never be wrong yeah and it's an just, unwillingness it's, to admit yeah. any sort of mistake Yeah, and they kick them out, and it's this real sad moment where they're like, they all start yelling, get out. Mm Mm-hmm. And our baseball player tries to leave the hot cheerleader there. He's like, it'll be safer for you. And she's like, I'm going with you. Yeah. 
which ends up being a good move because in all of this chaos, another person that uh, has lost their life, in addition to our awesome pregnant dude, who I was very sad to see go, is one of the grannies. She gets stuck, too. And so her sister, yeah, the sister sees her while, what is everybody else distracted with at this point? Oh, okay. So basically what's happening is uh, she watches the, the nice other old lady get killed and it really affects her. And she's sitting alone kind of looking out because she helps let them all in too because she sees her sister and she's like, let them in. So she's still at the she back tries. of the train. Yeah. And then they kick everybody out. And so ev- all of the rest of the people in the train are moving forward because they're trying to now lock the door between them and the people they just kicked out. So they're on one end and she's on the other and she sees her sister as a zombie. And she's, she kind of has this dialogue where she's kind of being like, you know, you like, you're so stupid. You're always like letting, you're always doing stuff for other people. And then she goes and she opens the door. And lets all the zombies in. Meanwhile, everybody's so distracted by their perceived enemy that their backs are turned to their real enemy, which are the zombies. It's so good. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting moment because why do you think she does that? Basically, this this granny, in effect, is killing herself and everybody in her car by opening the door. I think, this is my interpretation of the scene. So she goes and she puts her hand up against the glass where her sister is. And she says this whole thing about you, you like, you're so stupid. You're always helping other people. And then she says, thank you. And she looks behind her and she sees the people that she's in the the car with that didn't save her sister. That wouldn't be, you know, that, that aren't the nice giving people like her sister. And she's kind of like, fuck all of us. (laughs) Yeah. So I get that. And I, it makes sense. And I think it's a great moment in the movie but at the same time you know when she and the cheerleader so the cheerleader is trying to let them in when this is going down and somebody like has a hand over her mouth and is like holding her back that's i'm calling him the train attendant because he reminded me of a flight attendant but that was the train attendant that the old man has the old rich man has convinced to be on his side through a lot of this right um that's who's there there are a lot of people that are sort of just victims of the fear-mongering that's happening, and there might even be people that want to let them in that don't know how to speak up for themselves. Like, I, I think it's they're not all villains necessarily. Some of them are probably just meek and timid. I stand by her decision. <laughs> Why? I think in that moment, I think, you know, I think if you go along with something, I know what you're saying, but it's also that thing of like, any of them could have left to go to the further train with the people like the cheerleader does. If they were really upset by this whole thing, they could have jumped into that car with them. No one was saying you couldn't get into that car with those people. So Mm -hmm. anyone that stayed was basically you were accepting the situation and you were either okay with it or you were okay enough with your own survival to be like, fuck those people. So I was okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I was okay with it because I liked it for the story and it was a cool dramatic turn. But I realistically, I guess, especially because, you know, at this point, we don't hate the COO as much as we will later. Like he becomes a full on villain as the story progresses. But I was hating him and I was really mad and I was like, kill that guy, fuck him. But at the same time, our fund manager is basically him at the start of the movie and he gets a a chance a shot at redemption and he does find it and he does change and so I'm like maybe that guy could have changed I don't think so based on the way the rest of the movie goes but the okay so so I would say it's in the movie already which is that the fun guy closes the door on pregnant guy and pregnant lady and then and then later makes a choice to open it to them that Mm -hmm. he and even in that moment, he closes it, but then he doesn't, like, hold it against them. He, like, opens it pretty quickly afterwards they get in. Mm-hmm. But we see old man, not only is he, like, I'm not letting you guys in, but then when the baseball player gets his arm through, he's trying to, like, break the guy's arm, and he just won't stop fighting in the sense where I was like, these are all your – these is, this is the whole length of time for you to have a, a moment to change, and you're not taking it. Although to your point earlier, you know, and maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here, but like that arm reaching in could be a zombie arm. He doesn't know. 
they know it's not a zombie arm because there's no blood on it. The, there's no veins. Like, the little girl is totally normal behind him. And the the old rich man is looking at the little girl when he's doing this. Yeah. I know. I expected him to have a change of heart there. And nope. There's such a difference between who is infected and who is not infected that this whole argument of him being like, I bet they're infected doesn't hold water once you see them. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that no one's like, they look pretty normal. Yeah, well, he's like, I see it in his eyes. And the zombie eyes are so clearly white or in your case, blue. And Mm -hmm. his eyes are so clearly not at all like that. In that sense, it does feel like fuck all these people because you can clearly see there's nothing wrong with them. If you want to do like take off your shirt, let me make sure you're not bitten. Sure, I'm on board for that. But just like, oh, rich guy said he's got it. I'm on his side. I was like, "Eh, they can all go. Well, so they do, or at least there's this cool twist, basically. All of our heroes are watching as blood is splattering against the the wall that separates them, and the zombies are coming in and tearing everybody apart and eating them, and it looks like they're all goners. But then later we see that the rich COO and the, we'll call them train attendant, since you've started that, are actually <laughs> hiding out in a bathroom, and they've survived. Well, and it's and- also a little, like, to, to what you were saying a second ago, It's a little bit like what we see right now with all these people protesting, like, put us back to work. Mm -hmm. That idea that it's like one, like, rich person is like, I see it in his eyes. And then everyone else is like, ready to jump behind him and just be like, cool, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to go along with you on this. Right, totally. I mean, I was one of the protesters on Manhattan Beach uh, (laughs) without a mask, holding a sign saying, open the beaches or whatever. But... What was that? I was Huntington kind of- Beach. <laughs> and even as I said it, I'm like, I'm mixing up Jaws and reality a little bit. I don't remember like, I what's what I, anymore. I think people in Manhattan Beach are cool. <laughs> They're probably <laughs> Sorry, so Huntington like, Beach. Yeah, it was like Huntington and now Newport. But yeah, it's like, there is a little bit of like this. I mean, it's just hard. We're so in it right now. It's hard not for me to like see parallels with what's happening today with, with so much in this movie. <laughs> Oh, there's so many. And I mean, it goes to show that, you know, it was pertinent then in 2016 to the situation there. It's pertinent now in 2020 to here. It's like the more things change, the more they stay the same. And just to like be helpful to other people. That's the main message of this whole movie is like, don't think of only yourself. Yeah. And it is heavy handed. Like I would think it would bother me, but it really doesn't. I just felt very um, inspired by it. Even today, I just felt like I want to do more good. It doesn't bother me. It's definitely heavy-handed, but it doesn't bother me only because I think the situation is so dire that I think it makes sense for it to be so extreme. You know, like, in in some situations, it's like, wow, they really flipped that switch fast, and, like, there's not a lot at stake here. But it's like things are at stake so quickly, and it's so serious right away that for people to be like, no, you only help yourself. It, like, it feels like this is the worst moment of their lives and their true colors are showing. That's true. There is, I think, something cool about uh, the fact that in this universe, it's basically the fund manager and the COO who are selfish and everybody else's default. I guess one of the grannies isn't, but for the most part, everybody's default is really to help each other. Like even the train conductor who like gets off the train to save this worthless piece of shit who doesn't deserve it. Or the daughter, you know, like who gives up her seed or everybody's just like the bulk of them. Their default is to look out for each other, which I, I like. Um, I do also love when he gets that call that's basically like the guy being like, is this all our fault? He's in the bathroom by himself and he hangs up and he like literally washes his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to wash his hands, like, wash the guilt off himself, wash the blood off his hands. Right, of the man he used to be. Yeah, I was all, I really, really liked him, and I could not stop thinking about, they're making, uh, they're going to do an American remake, James Wan is producing. Mm-hmm. And I could not stop trying to cast who should play him in America. <laughs> Ooh, that's a fun game. I just, I just really want it to be Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to cast the other guy in my head now. I got to think about who it would be. Ooh, I would like Clive Owen for the main guy, and then the uh, or the fund manager. Ooh. And then in an ideal world, weirdly, I'm like, I like Robin Williams for the for the pregnant guy. He's too old, also dead. 
for that role. No, but, that's why I said in an ideal world, he wouldn't be dead. Yeah. Um, not, I don't know. Oh, you know who would be good if we're just going like British is, um, oh, fuck. The guy from Bridesmaids, Chris. Uh, Chris O'Dowd? Yes. Is he British or He's Australian or something? I don't know. Yeah. I'd like him. We're going like very European because what's Clive Owen? He's British, right? Yeah, he's British. Yeah, I like that. Fuck the American remake. We're doing a British remake. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, American movies cast British actors anyway, so I think that's all. But I could see Chris O'Dowd in that part. Yeah, I could too. I read that uh, the pregnant guy was the fund manager's. What is the word? I can't. My brain. Uh, You know, a workout person. Trainer. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, trainer. he is definitely my favorite character. The pregnant guy. Yeah, especially because Me like too. in all these moments, he keeps calling him jerk and asshole. So it's like zombies are coming and he's on the ground and he's like, get up, asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's just so funny and likable. He's like, get in here, jerk. <laughs> yeah, he was great. I mean, I think it was so well performed and that actor so likable, but also that role. Like, it's so hard to separate him. You're just like, this guy's awesome. He's a hero. He's kind. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He loves his wife. Mm-hmm. Names <laughs> the baby. Great. Yeah, he names the baby in his dying moments. I did cry at that scene. I didn't know. At first, I thought he was calling his wife's name, so I didn't register the name he gives the baby, and I wonder if it has any significance. I don't, I, I don't know if it has significance yeah oh okay I guess one more thing that I want to touch on that I don't know exactly how to describe but I did just love it is there's like an explosion and one of the trains is tilted and they're sort of like trapped underneath the train this is where odd man sacrifices himself for them yeah they make it to they make it almost to Busan um there's like something blocking the track at a train station and they have to, they have to ditch this train and they have to get to another train. The conductor says, if anyone's alive on board, I'm going to find another train. I'll be on the left track. So then it's like mm-hmm. this this like race against time of like everyone's got to get off this train and get to the other train. Mm-hmm. And this is where our COO, who's still in the bathroom uh, surrounded by zombies, is trying to figure out how to get to the next train. And so the guy that he's uh, quarantined with, so to speak, is like, is it safe? And he goes, yeah, it's safe. And then thankfully... The conductor assistant guy, the train assist, the train guy, um, I was glad he kind of peeks out instead of just going for it. He's checking to see, like, is the coast actually clear? But as soon as he peeks out, the COO shoves him out of there, basically treating him as a human shield so that That's all the zombies attack him and then he just flees. Yeah, he's like a, he's a human diversion. Not even a diversion, but like a shield. Like he just throws him in front. I guess it's both. And and at this point now, he's openly willing to sacrifice people because he also sacrifices the hot cheerleader. That part was really sad. Yeah, it's brutal. Our baseball hero, just she gets bit and she's turning and the baseball hero just sits with her and holds her until she turns and then she bites him. Mm-hmm. It's and it's very like, Romeo and Juliet. It's like, that's what Brad better fucking do in this situation for me. <laughs> really? I would be like, I'm your run. Uh, no, we, till death do us part, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but death would already have done you part. He can still live. You know what? By the time death took over is the part, is the time I start biting him. So we better stick around for that second. If he leaves gotta... five minutes, he leaves five minutes before I die. Divorce. Yeah, that's fair. I, mean, I will force you in my in my zombie almost <laughs> state. Fair. All right. Well, I can't like uh, to each their own. You know. But if we ever renew our vows, that'll be in the new vows. <laughs> you promise you to stay with me until the second I turn into a zombie, and then you're single again. Whatever you say. That's allowed. Uh, <laughs> But that, that shot where they're, like, trapped under the train where Odd Man sacrifices himself, I loved the way that was shot. I just loved the way it looked. It felt so, like, weirdly sci-fi, dystopian. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just looked really cool. And then, finally, uh, our pregnant woman, Sue Ann, and her father make it onto the train that's headed to Busan where the big bad, the COO, has been turned into a zombie, or he's on his way, he's in the process, and this is like the final showdown, Mm -hmm. where uh, the dad manages to get the COO off of the train, 
manages to kill him, but not before he gets bit. And now he knows he has to sacrifice himself uh, in order for the pregnant woman and his daughter to live. So he sort of says a goodbye to his daughter, super sad, who she's just shouting for him, like, don't go, don't leave me. And in the moments before he flings himself off the train, he remembers her as a baby fondly, Mm -hmm. which I like in theory, and it's nice and emotional, but I didn't need the shots specifically of him, like, flashing back to her as a baby, and it's this, like, bright white light, and it just sort of looks different than the rest of the movie, was the only moment where I was like, all right, this is a little cheesy. I was into it. Um, there's also a part like earlier where when they're when the men are trapped trapped in the bathroom where the pregnant guy says something to him about like you know dads uh, dads do a lot of the sacrificing and they're they always are to blame because they're, we're always gone working kind of a thing like he's got the speech with him where it's like dads are always the bad guys and there's definitely like a dad message in here since we have these like strong dad kind of relationships going. Mm-hmm. And in that scene, you know, he's such a bad dad. I love earlier when he gives her a wee for her birthday and she, she he's like, you don't like it? And she looks down and she sort of got a wee that he gave her for Child's Day. And it's right. like just so absent. And in these moments mm-hmm. when he's about to die, what he's remembering is when he first held her and how he, present he was. Yeah. I, and I, I agree. Thought- I like that moment in theory. I didn't like the way that it was done. I think I could have used like quicker flashes of it. Something about the way that it was shot took me out of it personally. Mm, okay. But uh, he's finally like this present dad in his final moments. And Prego and his daughter make it off the train. There's a tunnel. They can't quite tell what's on the other side, but they start walking through together, holding hands. And then we see there's military on the other side with their guns aimed at these two people. They don't know if they're zombies. They don't know if they're human. They're like, we might have survivors or we might have attackers. And they radio somebody asking what they should do. And they radio back saying, kill them. And then Sue Ann starts singing the song that she sang at the recital for her dad. And that's when presumably it either just melts their hearts or I figured, okay, they're like, zombies don't sing like that. Um, And they lower (laughs) their guns. And they survive. Uh, that, sounded, that sounded very like American Idol judgy. Zombies can't sing that good. <laughs> Pretty good for a zombie. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I thought I didn't know in that moment if they were going to shoot them. Like, what a bleak ending it would have been if the soldiers just very gunned them it. down. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> Me too. It's very, it felt like very much like a Shakespearean tragedy, kind of. I mean, it's interesting to hear kind of a little bit of your thoughts on it because, like you said, you don't watch a lot of zombie movies. I watch a ton of zombie movies. So to me, it was like, well, obviously, uh, uh, something that just goes with zombie movies is the bitten. Somebody gets bitten, somebody gets sacrificed. It's always really fucking sad. It's like, it's like a great stake that's built in a zombie movie. So you see it coming, yeah. and it's always effective. And I loved it had a lot of the, I really like a lot of the elements of like, we're trapped on a train. I like the groupings. I like the mix and match. All of a sudden it's these people together. Now it's these people together. And uh, I I, I thought it took a lot of different elements from successful movies and it put them together to make a new movie. And it was great. Also shout out to the extras who crushed it. I feel like it was really cool that whenever there were zombies, they were scary and they were active. It never felt like, you were watching extras who were just like waiting for lunch. You know what I mean? They all really nailed it. The performances were great. The writing was great. There is one thing that I want to shout out because I thought it was so bizarre. Um, And I don't mind it. It's just funny and doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie is um, when the fund manager is on the phone with his mom, Sue Ann's grandma, who's like calling in the moments before she turns, presumably, because her voice is like, throaty and sick and something's not right and then she basically says I love Sue Ann and then it's like but she only ever cared about seeing her mother that bitch and then it like goes back to zombie voice or whatever and she it sounds like she dies and maybe it's like okay they become their worst selves in the moments before death or something but we haven't seen that with any of the other characters so that was a weird moment for me same (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was gonna set up something that like you say maybe maybe 
it's like the the poison or the aggression of being a zombie. Like that's the beginning of the just the aggressiveness of it. But we didn't see it with anybody else. Very odd. Who do you think you are in this movie? Um, I would like. <laughs> I'm like I would like to be hot cheerleader. <laughs> in this situation right now, I'm with Brad, so I can't be hot cheerleader. But like getting on a train to follow boys and like really trying to force something and then really being like into this guy and like going through all this is like uh, the one I really related to. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that too. I feel like I'm equal parts cheerleader and baseball player. Like I'm, I got my headphones in, although I probably would actually be listening to music, but they're definitely, I get in modes where it's just like, don't talk to me, but I know I'm, I'm not mean enough to actually tell somebody to not talk to me so it's easier to just pretend I'm listening to music but then I also have definitely been that like thirsty in high school where I'm like look at that loner boy he needs me oh immediately I was like I want to see a version of this that is just about the teenagers yeah oh that's so you (laughs) I'd watch that too that would be really good yeah there's like several movies within this movie Oh, yeah. That's the great thing. They're making a sequel, and I heard it's, like, it's not necessarily, like, a direct sequel. It's just about, like, other people doing the same thing. And there's so many of those you could make because this – it really is, like, this big, wide world they set up. And we keep seeing other things happening where – like, like the helicopter with the skaters. Mm-hmm. It was, like, everyone is in their own movie, and the movies are at, like, different running times. Yeah. I know. I'd watch them all. This is great. Great job to everybody involved. Yeah, I would love to see this as like a TV show almost where it's like focusing on all these different groups. It was great. I'm so into it. I'll watch whatever they put out next. Me too. I'm glad we did this one. Let us know what you guys think. Leave comments. Send us messages. Also, thanks to all the people that have sent us nice messages and left nice comments. It's been really nice. We've gotten some awesome feedback that I was going to say makes it worth it. The reality is it's worth it just because it's fun to watch movies and talk about it, but it makes it like extra worth it and more meaningful and makes me want to keep doing it is all the nice things that people have said. So thanks. If you feel like dropping us a line, we're at he's right behind you podcast on Instagram and that's it because we haven't bothered to make a Twitter or an email. Right. So don't, tr- don't even try. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. I think Next, we'll do either like American Psycho or we talked about doing 12 Monkeys, which I've never seen. It's so good. So maybe one of those two. Have you heard people cheering at 8 p.m. for the... No, I'm in Burbank. Uh, we don't like that. <laughs> we're quite <laughs> we're quiet uh, area that would, I'm sure, be very... You know what I mean? Everyone in Burbank is kind of like more uptight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we like... don't really hear it here either. We occasionally have, you know, people are... Really? For anybody who doesn't know, people are cheering at 8 p.m. for uh, healthcare workers. Healthcare workers? Is that an encompassing enough term? For medical professionals that are helping during this time. And uh, people just cheer out their windows at 8 p.m. And we've done it a couple times, but we can never hear anybody else do it. I'd like to think it's for all essential workers, like not just healthcare, for like grocery store people and all that. Yeah. I think in a remake of this, I want more romance. I definitely want to see two people that are, like, stuck in the zombie apocalypse fall in love. I wonder if the if the head, the fund manager had survived, if he and the pregnant lady would have started a new family together. Or if he would have gotten back together with his wife now that he was better. Yeah, but I think she's dead. No, I don't think so because Busan is okay. Yeah, but she hasn't answered their calls at all. I mean, that's pretty suspect. Be- that could just be, like, bad cell service. We don't know. I don't think so, because they were getting her voicemail. Like, it was ringing, hmm. right, at one point. And also, um, when your daughter's coming into town, like, that's not the time that you stay away from your phone. No, I just meant, like, with a zombie apocalypse, maybe some some towers were down. Maybe. You might be right. I think she's dead, though. Because I thought it kept, when he was calling, it kept saying, like, essentially, the number you're calling is unavailable. Yeah. Also, poor pregnant woman, like, talking about, you know, we've talked about the Babadook on this podcast and going from the expectation of, like, all right, I'm going to have this child with my husband, and then all of a sudden you're immediately a single parent. Like, I kind of think this woman is immediately a mother of two because I think that Sue Ann's mom's dead. I think they're sticking together. So she goes from, like, about to have the nuclear family to, like, all right, I'm a single mom with two kids from zero to two. Uh, I'm, I hope her baby makes it. 
Yeah. Oh, that didn't even occur to me. There's a lot of trauma. That's that's a lot of trauma to go through when you're pregnant. Yeah. It's also a marvel. The jumping, the falling, a lot. True, true. It is a lot. She's very fit. I couldn't do those things without carrying a baby. I think the adrenaline, you know, the adrenaline helps. I mean, look at like old rich man was able to walk on his like broken ankle. Oh, yeah. Anyway, great job. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for suggesting it. Yay, thanks for being down. And thank you guys for listening. We'll keep you posted on whatever we do next. Or more likely, we'll just release it. And then you'll know, hey, that's what they did next. Uh, that's that's our new catchphrase. Hey, that's what they did next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Leave us a review. Nobody left a review in a while. We like them. Yeah, just uh, we'll be on Instagram if you have anything to say. Yeah, reach out. Stay safe. Stay home. Yes, stay smart, for God's sakes. Yeah, don't go to the beach. Seriously, it's summer. Why? Who wants to go to the beach anyway? It's so hot. It's too hot. Stay home. Yeah, just stay home. Turn the AC down. Pretend it's winter. Put out Christmas lights. Yeah. December and May, please. Just December until December. (laughs) Bye. Bye.